It's March, which means that it's time for the most important tournament of the year to finally begin. That's right. It's March Mammal Madness. My name is Brittany Franskoviak. I teach high school biology in Central Maryland. This is my second year using March Mammal Madness in my classroom. teach eighth grade earth science in Colorado and this is my second maybe third year kind of following March Mammal Madness but my first year of really digging into it with my entire school. Um, and we want to make it really clear here at the beginning that March Mammal Madness is the intellectual property and the work of Dr. Katie Hind at Arizona State University. And we think she's awesome and we think that her tournament is awesome. Um, but we are not in any way officially affiliated with or endorsed by her. Although if she would like to officially affiliate with us, that would be amazing. We're just kind of the, um, Uber fans. Yes, absolutely. Um, so Megan, when you first looked at the bracket this year, what was like the first thing that really stood out to you? I think this year is very unique in that it has an entire category of non-mammal organisms um, that are very exciting. I'm a particular fan of the tardigrade. I think you are as well. I always tell the story of your, um, was it a 5K or a 10K? It was a half marathon, actually. Oh, okay. Even more yeah. impressive. A half marathon where you had a supporter with a sign that said, tough like a tardigrade. Yeah. I basically tell all of my students about that to, in, to impart to them how cool the tardigrade is. Um, we can talk about that later. I'm super conflicted about how far it's going to make it in the bracket. Yeah. No, we need to circle back to that because I also have many feelings about the tardigrade. <laughs> um. I agree. So I think I was really shocked to see that entire division of non-mammals. I mean, last year we had the Gila monster, um, heckler extraordinaire, but to have a whole division this year is um, definitely, I think we were all caught off guard by that. I was really intrigued by the antecessors division. I felt like there was so much in there for me to learn and process. Um, and in some ways, I almost felt like it helped even the footing between my students and me because I was like, I don't know what any of these are either. Um, let's figure this out. And certainly on last year's bracket, there were plenty of mammals that I wasn't familiar with. But this year, I was sort of um, delightfully astonished by how many organisms exist that as a biologist, I had never even sort of encountered before. So that was a key. Yes, very exciting. And I, my students like yours were really interested and intrigued. And I think, um, I actually might need to have them go back and look at the Latin binomials because I think that there's a couple that really have an impact. I was noticing somebody on Twitter saying, well, one of the um, species is actually a really big organism, but if you look closely, the, the Latin name refers to a very small <laughs> representative, um, very small organism of that genus. So I think I need to go back and take a look at that category again. It was a really good um, way for me to introduce my students to considering scale uh, when they were researching because they would pull up a picture and they'd be like, oh, this looks really fierce. And then someone would like read the caption and be like, oh, wait, like Miss Franskoviak, like how, you know, it says it's this many like grams on average. Like, is that big? And I'd be like, mm, that's pretty small for measuring it in grams. Probably it's not going to do a lot of damage. And so that was have, with some interesting talks about that. Have you... Um told them how to measure in um, stoats yet? No, I have not introduced stoats as a measurement. Um, and now that you bring that up, I feel like I've really just like failed a bunch of children and not helping them convert all of their measurements into stoats. Um, so maybe that will be some extra credit at some point in the future. 
Totally. We were looking at the, somebody had a beautiful art piece of Stotz's measurement in terms of like volume and surface area and weight um, and students calculating their own weights in Stotz is quite entertaining. That is awesome. Um, I will have to do that. So what did you pick? What, what hashtag are you repping this year for March Mammal Madness? So I, for my first bracket, I might have to make another one. Um, Because I'm having so many second thoughts. But for my first bracket, I am Team Coyote. It's going to be a super unlikely outcome, I think. But I love the coyote. They're very – they live in Colorado. And actually, coyotes really remind me of my grandmother. She was super wily and um, a survivalist. Very smart. (laughs) That is – I think the most unexpectedly endearing, like, March Mammal Madness endorsement I've, I've encountered, like, that's, that's really wonderful. I'm so glad that you, um, I'm really rooting for the coyote. Like they, you know, they've got the skills. They can do it. So much to my surprise, I ended up with the baboon taking everything in my bracket. Um, which was not like when I first sort of encountered the bracket and looked over it, I noticed the baboon. I thought about it. But I wasn't immediately, like, gunning for it. And it just so happened, like, as I kept kind of moving out that I kept picking the baboon. And suddenly I was like, well, I I guess this is my my pick. And one of the reasons that I went that direction this year has to do with location and ecology. Because last year I felt like I didn't fully appreciate the significance of ecology, um, which could also be, like, the subtitle of my memoir, like, not fully appreciating the significance of ecology. (laughs) Um, every year I get more and more like into it, but I kept thinking about, okay, we get to these random ecologies right after the second round. And so I started looking at which of my picks is most likely to do well in like the greatest number of environments. And so who's going to be sort of the most flexible. And I just think it's hard to beat a primate for that kind of utility. And, um, you know, baboons can be nasty. They are fierce. I think that they're, they've got that like aggressive temperament and I, I think that they are flying under the radar right now in this bracket, but I I have a good feeling about it. So I think you're going to do well with the baboon as pick. I know I had, um, lots of students, um, on team pygmy hippo. I think they're going for the uh, cute factor, although hippos can be quite ferocious in their own right. Um, we definitely had a bunch of team cheetahs lots of team cheetahs okay and a few team alligator snapping turtle wow that's a little surprising to me that's bold it is a bold play (laughs) i don't know about that i was surprised i've had a number of my colleagues actually so you mentioned doing it with your staff and i have probably about 20 staff or so who are like really excited about their brackets and a bunch of them are team porcupine Interesting. And that surprised I not me. Yeah. Thought of that at all. <laughs> I didn't even, you know, I, I just didn't give the porcupine that much credit. So we'll see how that goes. I was a little surprised by how few people I have rooting for Tasmanian Devil. You know, when I first saw the bracket, I was like, that's going to be the charismatic mammal that all of my kids latch on to. Much the same way that everyone was a honey badger supporter last year. I really was looking for the Tasmanian devil to do that this year, um, but it's been much more scattered. There hasn't been a consensus pick, um, and I think that, I that makes agree. it interesting, too. I definitely feel, feel like last year there was a couple standout um, organisms that really had a fighting chance, but um, this year I think it's really open. 
the tournament is anyone's to win, which is quite exciting. So I really want to hear about your um, tardigrade thought process here okay. and what you did We've with it. We've had so many debates about the tardigrade. So the, the first thing, okay, is going up against the green anaconda in the first round. Tardigrades are microscopic. Um, and I just, we had so, such a hard time deciding if like even being able to engage in battle was necessary to win, right? So like if yeah. the anaconda can't see the tardigrade, is that even me? And what if the tardigrade was like ingested when the anaconda was drinking some water, didn't die in the digestive system? Does that count as a win for the tardigrade or is that just a forfeit because it's not actually defeating the anaconda? Many high-spirited debates. So I feel like either you think the tardigrade gets knocked out in the first round due to basically forfeiting because it can't even engage in battle. Or you have to have it win the entire thing because it can survive anything. Yeah. No, I, yes. And so I told my students this week, I was like, you know, it's one of, it's a betrayal, but I, I did not pick the tardigrade. <laughs> no, I, I didn't either. I actually put off doing my bracket for a long time just because I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, I don't know. It's it's on my like top five favorite organisms. It's so endearing and I have so much love for it. But I, I eventually came down on the side of it'll be a forfeit, right? Like it can't, mm-hmm. like maybe the anaconda won't kill it, but I don't think it can defeat the anaconda. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. Unless, and the, yeah, well. the rules say running away is considered a forfeit. Right. So I feel like this is a similar situation. But again, I might have to do a second bracket because I struggled so much with this. I was I was literally asking every single one of my students, what did you say for this one and why? Tell me why. Yeah, I just um, – I actually had an identical thought. Like it's going to get like drank. Like it's going to be in a water droplet mm-hmm. and then like ingested mm-hmm. and that will be it. Um, the only thing that I can think of is I remember last year in one of the battles, there was a wildfire. And so if it was something like that, mm-hmm. but like, I don't actually know, can tardigrades survive fire? Like I know they can survive space. Um, I would assume they can survive fire. I just, I just assume they can survive anything. That seems right. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be a toss up for sure to see what direction that goes in. All right, what's your favorite upset from your bracket? Like, what was the thing that you picked that you're like, there's probably not going to happen, but I just, I have to pick it. This is my upset. I think, um, for me, my favorite uh, was the sewer rat against the Moscow dog. And I chose sewer rat to beat the dog. Um, I just love the idea of the sewer rat being a part of this, being honored with this position of being involved in the tournament. Just, they have such a bad rap. And I also have a student who got really passionate about the sewer rat. She was so amazed. She like I assigned every student to do a slide, mm-hmm. a Google slide about an organism, and she was assigned sewer rat, and she just fell in love. And so I, <laughs> in an attempt to honor the sewer rat for even being a part of it, and because she was so excited, I... I included him moving on. So I also picked the sewer rat. So that's really exciting. I think yes. I think it's got a real Go chance. But then on the other side, so this is in my when the cat's away division. I picked the mantis shrimp to win its first round. Ooh, against intriguing! The against the alligator turtle. turtle. Yeah, that's a bold play. It is, but I just my love for the mantis shrimp is like third or fourth, pretty much to the tardigrade, and. I just, 
Like, they can punch really hard. <laughs> they can. That just feels important. Like, I... I don't know. Um, I didn't have it to, I didn't carry it out past that first round, but I was just like, you know, in every bracket, like you just have to make that bold, like upset prediction. And for me, it was the mantis shrimp with the snapping turtle. My, my mantis shrimp anecdote is that I can't say it or think it without singing it. Um, like a mantis shrimp due to an episode of radio lab called colors. It's one of my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime one of my students says mantis shrimp, I always like sing back to them and they have no idea why. Um, <laughs> that's my anecdote. So um, good for you. I, I love that. That is one of the greatest podcasts I think ever recorded. I love colors. Um, so I totally feel that. I also am a fan of the mantis okay. shrimp fight club. Um, what? So there was a researcher, and I don't remember the name, uh, but a couple years ago they made the news. It was one of those ridiculous things where some congressperson was criticizing the use of federal funding for some science research, and one of the things that latched (laughs) one of the things they latched onto is this like shrimp fight club, uh, so-called shrimp fight club. Um, Turns out that the actual research was they were trying to measure like the velocity of a mantis shrimp punch to like figure out the force and like try to figure out the physics behind how the mantis shrimp are able to do this ridiculous thing. Um, You know, with the implication being mantis shrimp can deliver this punch. They can withstand this punch. Like if we get the physics of this figured out, that could be really important for defense and, you know, has all of these really awesome applications. Um, All right. So any final thoughts as we head into wildcard? I just have to say that the energy around this tournament this year has been really exciting for me. And I think it's been really cool to see how my school is using it. Every science teacher is having every student um, make a bracket and we're giving a prize to the winner of this, the entire school. And it's just been something that every student in the entire building can talk to each other about. Um, so I'm just really excited about the energy that's surrounding March in my school. <laughs> That's so awesome that you're getting every student to do a bracket. That's really cool. We Next have year, Brittany. <laughs> goals, yeah, hashtag goals. <laughs> um, we have six classes of ninth grade biology doing brackets, and I have my two sections of AP biology, and I've opened it up to the staff. Um, one of my favorite things that comes out of this every year is my coworkers coming to talk with me about their own children at home who are playing with them. Um, and so I get to hear a lot about my colleagues, kids learning about all of these really awesome animals and that they're able to have these conversations with their own children about like ridiculous organisms and science. And um, it just feels really special that this tournament exists to allow those conversations to happen. Um, and to see my own students sort of get into these, as you said, really high spirited debates, right. To just be in the middle of class and all of a sudden kids are like standing up and like raising their voices about who would win between a sewer rat and a street dog. And, um, I just feel so privileged to be a biology teacher and be able to capitalize on that and bring this to my school and my kids. Yes, yes. And as a former biology teacher who now has to teach her science, which I'm, it's growing on me, I do like it, um, but it gives me a chance to kind of like engage in the biology nerdiness, which I love. <laughs> right. Well, we will definitely be checking back in after the wild card and after round one, sort of see how this tournament starts to unfold and see what will happen. So. Awesome. It's been fun talking with you, Brittany. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Megan. 
You can follow me on Twitter at F-R-A-N-C-K-O-W-L-H-S. You can follow Megan at Meg Fretz, F-R-E-T-Z. We tweet about our classrooms, and we'll be tweeting about March Mammal Madness throughout the tournament. You can follow the official March Mammal Madness account on Twitter at 2018 MMM Let's Go.